the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. AM 970 presents Eye on Real Estate. This is your premier source for real estate information. From the hot properties in the tri-state to the latest in real estate market trends. From mortgage news to answers to all of your real estate questions, you'll be in the know with help from the experts. Call now, 866-970-9622. 866-970-9622. Now, here's your host for Eye on Real Estate, Douglas Elliman's CEO, Dottie Herman. We're back. You're listening to Ion Real Estate, 866-970-9622. And as I promised during the show, we are thrilled and lucky to have Judge John Cheeger, who is a judge for the Suffolk County Surrogates Court in New York since 2002. Judge Cheeger handles all issues involving wills and the estates of people who die. He also handles cases involving unclaimed properties of the deceased who had no will, as well as guardianship and adoptions. He began his career in 1974 as an assistant district attorney in Suffolk County. We're so thrilled you could be here. It's good to be back, Donnie. Thank you. Good that you are here. I haven't seen you all summer, but I guess you're busy doing home repairs like me, doing renovations. Yes. And you're ready to drive yourself crazy also. So it's just not me alone. Anyhow. You know, at the, when you're in, the, you're in the surrogate court, where is that and what type of, of matters really, that major matters or the, the ones that the bulk of them come to, your, to you personally? Well, the, the surrogate's court is, is a specialized court. It's, it's constitutionally mandated by the New York State Constitution. So there are many different court levels in the state of New York. There's a Supreme Court, there's the county court, there's a family court. Every county in New York State has a surrogate's court. And usually it's one judge that specializes in handling just surrogates court work. Um, Manhattan, because of the population, has two surrogates. Kings County, which is Brooklyn, has two uh, surrogates. But generally throughout the state, uh, there are surrogate courts set up. And what they do is basically determine what happens to the property of people who die within the specific counties. So if someone dies, for example, I'm the, Suffolk, I'm the judge of the Suffolk County Surrogates Court. If someone dies in Suffolk County, owning property in Suffolk County, it's the job of me and my staff to figure out who is rightfully, legally entitled to that property. And there are a different number of ways that property can devolve. Um, the, the usual way and the best way is for people to leave a will which is a written document directing how you want your property be, to be divided, who you want to uh, entrust with the job of seeing that it gets divided. And um, so that's the first thing that I would recommend. Uh, you, you know, you, look, you work long and hard to accumulate your assets, and, you know, you should be the one to control how those assets um, are dispersed. So in other words, as we always tell you, you really should have a will and, you know, specify how you want things to be handled. Now, what happens if I 
don't have a will and I die. Well, you know, there's a general misconception. A lot of people, when I do these lectures and I go out to senior citizens and groups, and, and the question is, well, look, if I die and I don't have a will, the state takes my property. That's not true. What the state does do for you, in a sense, is write a will for you. Now, that doesn't mean someone from the state comes to the house and figures something out. There's, there are statutes which lay out a, a scheme. Um, when a person dies with a will, it's called dying testate. If you die without a will, it's called dying intestate. And the statute uh, in New York State uh, governs how your property is going to go. And generally, it, it's, it's, the bad thing about it, it's kind of like one size fits all. By that, I mean the legislature in its wisdom and sometimes not so great wisdom uh, figured out that, well, in most cases, a person in this situation survived by these relatives would would probably want the property to go like this. And so, for example, you know, I say in most cases it works out. A lot of people think, well, look, I'm married and I guess if I die, my wife is going to get everything. Okay, but that's not necessarily the case. There's generally a scheme, uh, and when I say scheme, it's like a formula as to how that property is going to be divided uh, among your living relatives. And sometimes it wouldn't just automatically go to your wife, because if you have children, they're in for a share of it, too. Yeah, you have children, and everything gets complicated. I know so many people who are having problems, and something could be a second marriage, and there's kids with the first marriage and the second marriage. And so when you say that if you die without a will you and the group kind of come up with some kind of a formula? Is that, I <laughs> well, mean- yeah, there is a formula. Which well, Let me give you an example. Um, in New York, okay, the people who would inherit if you have no will, they're called distributees. They're the people to whom your property would be distributed in the absence of anything from you. And it's basically, think of a family tree. And the decedent is the person in the middle. Now, if that person uh, is not married and has parents and has no children, then his distributees would be his parents. If that person was married, for example, and he had a spouse and children uh, without a will, the spouse doesn't get everything. The spouse would get the first $50,000 of assets plus one-third of whatever is Plus one, no, I'm, I'm saying that the wrong way. Uh, the, the first fifty thousand dollars, and then they would split fifty percent with um, uh, the children. Okay. So, so, in other words, if if I, if somebody dies without a will and they're, they're and they're married, their spouse would get fifty thousand, the first fifty thousand, and then split half split of whatever's left. Half of whatever's left, and if there's with more ha- than one child, oh, yeah. like if there's two, then it's, yeah, they, the they children still get that fifty percent. Yeah. So uh, there could be 10 children or two children. They would get the 50 percent. See, now you may say, well, OK, well, that seems kind of fair because the wife and the children would share. But it gets complicated because if the children are minors, then, you know, you have to have a guardian appointed. But see where it really gets. I've given you the simple examples of a, uh, parents being the surviving distributees or spouse and children being the surviving distributees. Let's suppose the decedent didn't have parents. Uh, surviving, didn't have a spouse or children surviving, um, then we would start, we can't go up and down the family tree. There's nothing there, okay? So we start going sideways on the family trees. Brothers and sisters inherit, okay? Now, as some of the brothers and sisters may predecease our decedent, um, their children will take. So now the shares drop, start dropping down. And in New York, this goes all the way out to first cousins once removed on the family tree. Now, the, the point is that I, I 
probably couldn't name all my first cousins once removed. But if I died without a will, they would take a share of my estate. So you might be giving shares of your hard work, hard-earned money or assets to someone that you don't even know. Or so it could be somebody you don't even talk to for all that Well, the, the example I say, you know, it could end up in the hands of someone you don't even know. But even worse, it may be a relative that you do know, but you don't like. And you don't like. <laughs> and, and they're happy to see you go because they get something. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, oh, go quick. Oh. Uh, uh, so, so it's really very, very important. And also, um, I've also seen, and I tell you, there's been, you know, this is, there's been multiple people, you know, married two, three, four times, and so sometimes they will sell two houses and buy one together, and then there's a million different kids, and this one's protesting. The kids of one parent is saying they get it, and the other one's saying they get it. So. Well, you see, this is, and again, this is where the court comes in, because I mentioned the importance of having a will, but it's not enough that you draw a will and you just stick it in your drawer and hope that someone's going to find it uh, after your death, and whoever finds it is just going to open it up, read it, like they do in the movies. There is no such really significance legally to the reading of a will, Um, but and they'll be able to collect your assets. But that's where the court comes in. Because for a will to be valid in New York State, it has to go through what's called probate. And that's where the surrogate's court comes in. And as a matter of fact, in a lot of states, they're called the probate court. So if I have a will, Judge, then I... I, then I, nece- I don't have to go through probate, is that correct? Not, not necessarily, because oh. you, if you have no assets when you pass away, okay, uh, then um, uh, there's nothing to probate. And again, probate... Uh, only covers what's called probate property. For example, property that's held jointly with someone else, like a house, or a husband and wife own a house together, it'll pass automatically to the surviving spouse, or a joint bank account, or a bank account in trust for someone. So that's if I don't leave a property. will, but I have a house that's under my spouse or myself's name, yep. that would automatically right. go to the other yeah. surviving Correct. spouse. Correct. Now, now, see, here's and here's a general um, misconception that uh, husband and wife come in and when I was practicing law, I practiced law for 25 years before I became a judge, so I know how people think about this. They said, well, everything's jointly owned, so whoever dies, the survivor's going to get it, so there's nothing to do. I said, well, but what happens when the second one dies? Or what happens if you die together? Common disaster. People go on plane trips, car trips, and uh, we see it all the time in the news about couples, you know, yeah, going know. off and and unfortunately meeting their demise together. So uh, that's why when you make a will, not only do you say I leave my property to this person if they survive me, if they predecease me or die with me, then I, I leave it this way. Plus. And the other thing that people used to say to me when they came in, well, you know, we're too young. We don't need wills. You know, we just got married. I said, but wait a minute. Do you have any children? Well, yeah. Okay. Now, the will allows you to appoint, nominate someone to be a guardian of your infant child. So, again, think of it this way, that, you know, you may have brothers and sisters. Some of them are great with kids. Some of them are not so great with kids. You might want to select that person that you think would be most like you and share your values vis-a-vis raising children. So, you see, the will not only disposes of your property the way you want it to go, 
it allows you to appoint the executor of the will to nominate someone to say, okay, this is a person I trust. For example, if you have three children, it might be nice for you to say, well, I want all of them to serve. But, you know, you may have a child who's a great tennis player. You may have one who's great at playing the piano. And you may have one who's a CPA. That might be the person that you want to have right. in charge of your assets. And then again, like I said, so you select your executor, and you can also select a guardian if they're minor children. Just from, um, and I think Jerry could comment on this also, just from the callers, I mean, we've been doing this show for about 10 years. We've had so many calls on this subject. And when you leave it to one person in charge, and you let's say you have three kids, I kind of think it's almost a bad idea because then the people resent that person unless they will mutually agree to it. Um, and and I guess you have to be very careful to select a guardian that's going to direct that money, I mean, to be well, used in the uh, right uh, way. Again, that's it's I not- mean, what if the guardian is devious? Well, that's the person you don't select. But, but you, you see, the person. Well, so should you select yeah, more of a professional that's not? Well, not necessarily, because then it gets kind of complicated because then there are fees if you hire someone. If you appoint, for example, an executor, uh, you can appoint a bank to be an executor. Right, but, but at least you know they're not prejudiced. I like the, the, right? That's, that's true. But you see, but again, the, the importance of having the document that you prepare. Uh, one would think that before you nominate someone, that you're going to sit down and explore all your options, and you're going to pick the person rather than leave it to the court to say, well, I don't know which which sibling uh, of this decedent is is could be, is going to be the best parent, but they have an equal right to come in and apply to be appointed. So I'm just you know hoping that's going to turn out for the best. Uh, by the way, if you're listening and you have any questions and you. Uh want to call 866-970-9622, or you could email us at element, radio show at element.com. Uh, now, let me ask you, so if I want to probate uh, a will, um, do I need an attorney? Uh, not necessarily. Um, Am I wise to get an attorney? Well, I, well, the first question should be, um, do I need an attorney to make a will? And the answer to that is not necessarily, okay? However, okay, like I say, you work long and hard for your assets all your life. Uh, You don't want to be your will, your final will, to be the the first will you've ever done. For example, you know, and I I give the analogy of people who who cook, okay? Uh, I don't know that the first cake you make is going to be the best cake you ever made, okay? But, you know... Uh, at least the cake, you can throw it out, you can start again, and you can adjust the recipe. With a will, you drop a will by yourself, and you think it covers all the bases, and you stick it away in the drawer, and then you know what? When they go to look at the will, because you're not here anymore, you're not here that we can say, hey, what did you mean by this? Uh, but let me ask you a question. If somebody dies, they don't have a will, and whatever, they have kids, maybe they have a spouse, but they've never really discussed with their family or their close ones what they even have. Is it possible people could have stocks, this, that, and nobody even knows about them? Oh, sure, sure. That's why. I've heard in, stories in, in, like in, that. Well, in in New York State, we, there's uh, a property uh, bureau called Un- Unclaimed Funds. Uh, the New York State Controller, the abandoned property section holds hundreds of millions of dollars of people who die with a bank account. And, you okay. know, you get the letters from the bank. You know, you haven't used this bank account in three years. We're going to close it unless, you know, you do something about it. But there are people who die leaving those monies, and, and they cheat to the estate. Now, they, they wait, go wait, to the Wait, wait, stop. Okay. For our listeners, yeah. 
Okay, I think everyone. Now, what is that? Should go to what is a website, right? I mean, you can go to a website. Yeah, yeah, you can go it's online. New York State. New York State unclaimed. I think it's the abandoned property. Abandoned property. But the con- we don't have the exact name because yeah. I know that for a fact how many people left money in bank accounts like they maybe had three hundred dollars or something at the time and they closed it. They never and then they forgot about it or a hundred fifty and then it's twenty years later or they had some somebody I know just got rich on stock that their father had when it was maybe it was. A big, but with when the company was nothing, and now it's big, and they didn't even know they had it. So I think if we'll get you the exact website, but you should always check that website to make sure that there's someone you know, or could be yourself, that you didn't have something with somebody in your family. Because let me ask you something: on those unclaimed assets, what if nobody ever? Then they just stay there. They stay there, but. They are not the property of the state. And see, that's another thing. Well, who owns them then? Well, ultimately, the ultimate people who can prove that they are the people entitled to inherit from that person. For example, that's another thing we do in the surrogate school. Yeah, I know you do that. That's why I'm asking Uh, you. If if someone discovers that there's property on deposit uh, that belongs to a relative of theirs, okay, and they think they're the closest relative, they can come to my court. It's called a withdrawal proceeding. They come and say, Judge, there's $100,000, and it was my uncle's property, okay? Now, they have to come in, and there's a procedure where they have to prove it's called a kinship. They have to prove that certainly if they show up a will, it makes it a lot easier. But uh, yeah, a lot of times you get people, you know, who who pass away. You know, we have a very mobile society now. People move all over the world now, and people come home and find out, wait, Uncle, Uncle Joe died four years ago, you know? So. No, it's kind of like even with those storage bins, which is a lot less of a thing where people put stuff in storage and they forget about it, and then you never know what could pop up. So it's really a wise thing uh, as a, the judge should would, I've got should an answer to your question, Dottie. What, what is your answer? Every day, New York State returns $1 million in unclaimed funds. Every Wait, say that again. Every Stephen. day, New York State returns $1 million to those who file claims for un, unclaimed funds. And 19, in 2018, so far, there's $289 million worth of unclaimed funds. And you go to, to find this out, you go to, uh, the website is osc.state.newyork.us. Or just go to Google and write in Unclaimed Funds New York. That's easy. And the website will come up. Unclaimed Funds New York. Can you imagine, so far this year, there's $289 million worth wow. of unclaimed funds. Of unclaimed funds that people don't even know exist. I just want to tell you very quickly, a lady in her will left her jewelry, and they couldn't find the jewelry, and then they were throwing everything out, and they found all the jewelry. She kept it in the pocket of her bathrobe. That's where she hid it. And she didn't tell them where she hid it. Okay. So she hid it in the pocket. Well, at least they found it. <laughs> they found it. Other than the new homeowner that bought the house could find it. You know, well, you could get lucky. And this gets back to selecting your executor in the will. If you're going to select someone to be your executor, you should probably mention it to them and say, look, I named you the executor of my will. Because they, first of all, they would say, I don't want the job. Take me out. But you'll say, okay, this is where my will is. So this is where to look for the will, and this is where to look for the property. Okay, let me take a question. I have Paul. Paul from Syosset. Uh, but, Paul, are you on the line? Can you hold for two minutes? Because I think we're taking a quick commercial break, and then we'll answer your question. What is, 
you want to leave a condo to your daughter, possibly? Uh, co-op, yeah. Oh, co-op? Okay, so hold on. The judge will answer your question. We'll be right back after we have a quick commercial break with Paul from Slyasa. I on real estate. Got a question? Call 866-970-9622. Here's Douglas Elements CEO, Dottie Herman. We're back oh, with I on real estate. From the wall. And we're back with I on real estate um, at 866-970-9622. We're uh, with Jerry Feeney, our co-host, and Glenza Irving, our financial expert, and we have our special, uh, we're so happy to have him, Judge John Cheeger, who is the judge for the Suffolk County Surrogate Court. Uh, I have a question from Paul from Syosset for the judge. Paul? Yes. Good Good morning. Sure. And what's your my question? My wife and I, sorry? Yeah, what's your, what's your my question? My wife and I own a co-op in New York, and my daughter lives in New Jersey. Uh, is it necessary for us to have some kind of a trust in addition to putting it in the will that she will get the co-op after we're deceased? Or is it enough, is it adequate enough just to make sure that it's contained in the will? Because I don't want it to go to probate. Well, uh, Paul, you see, you're, 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 you got a bundle of problems, <laughs> okay? <laughs> because number one, and again, when you when you bought your co-op, you probably had to go through you know a financial examination. Uh, you had to probably meet right, with the board. board. Yeah. Now, and co-op boards from building to building are different. Their bylaws are different, and in many time many cases, their bylaws can prevent you from leaving your co-op to your daughter. So the first thing you should be doing is checking with your co-op board to see what restrictions, if any, they have on leaving a co-op to your daughter. And you may say, well, why? Okay. Well, again, how do they know that your daughter has a financial wherewithal to support her obligations imposed by the co-op board? How do they, does she work? Does she have any money? Does she have any savings? Again, think about the review you had to go through in order to become uh, uh, a member of the co-op, because that's what it is. You're a member. Okay. But what if he's paid it off? Right. I own shares of a co-op, right. Yeah, but but still, it doesn't matter if you've paid it off in full, because there are still maintenance charges, there are still assessments, and how right. do they know that this is a person that's going to be able to you know, come up with the money in, in the event there's an assessment? So, I, again, the first thing you should do, Paul, is, is check with your co-op board. Uh, now, I, I said okay. you, you're mixing up a couple of things, too. Uh, the will would certainly be sufficient to leave it, if uh, not with unless there's something that the co-op board would have to um, uh, have to chime in on. Uh, putting it in trust could be even more complicated with a co-op board because a lot of, suppose your, your, your wife and, and yourself right now wanted to put it into a trust. 
some co-op boards are reluctant to let that happen because they don't know um, what the wherewithal, again, of the trust is. And I, there's a lot of litigation on this. As a matter of fact, there was a recent so, case that just came down in, in, in I think, with the first department um, where it was a daughter who actually lived in the apartment. And, and so the court looked at it a little bit differently and said, well, wait a minute, this person appears to have all the qualifications. So... Again, this is there's there's no black and white answer here, but your your starting point, go to a co-op board and say, look, what are my restrictions on this, and what do I have to do in order to maybe satisfy you? Well, start there, and then if there is a problem, you can uh, text us or call us, and we'll get the judge to get your answer. Yeah. And there are okay. lawyers that handle stuff like that. Thanks, Paul. Okay. Uh, we'll check that co-op board, and I hope that they uh, give you the rights. That's why when you're buying a co-op, you really have to read read the bylaws of the co-op because that's shares in a corporation. I have Lori from Hicksville. Good morning, good afternoon, yes. good sunny Saturday. How are you, Lori? Uh, very well, thank you. Okay. And I had a question for the judge. Sure. My significant other of a decade passed uh, recently in test date. No surviving parents, sister passed, two brothers. I was a health care proxy. I was agent for the disposition of the body. I have personal things in his home, um, and I'm not allowed to go there. And it's very upsetting. Gerard wanted to sell the, uh, sign his will when he was in the hospital. I called his brother. The attorney said he had to hear from Gerard. I didn't find out about that until I was sitting opposite them at the table with the funeral parlor. Um, I find that to be odd. When I made the original phone call for his lawyer to set up his health care proxy and all the important things as he was declining in health. So what's and your question? I just find it to be odd. Well, again, and this gets back. He showed to- me the will. He wanted all his assets and a huge, very huge estate, wanted everything to go to his nieces and nephews. And now everything goes to his brothers. He never executed that will, correct? No, he didn't. The attorney said, no, I can't take a phone call from the brother about going to the hospital to sign the will. I have to hear from Gerard. The brother should have told me. I was there day and night. I would have dialed his cell phone. And in his weak voice, he would have said to the lawyer, please come to the hospital. And I didn't hear hear anything else. And then again, this is this plays into the making of a will and not waiting until um, right. the last possible moment. And again, I, I mentioned uh, the fact that I had young people come and say, well, we're too young to need a will. OK, but that's not true. You're never too young. Okay, because something like this can happen to anyone. God forbid a a tragedy happens. Unfortunately, again, in the state of New York, there is no recognition. There's no legal recognition of inheritance rights of anyone who's a a, a partner, a life partner um, in the absence of a written document. That is a will. And again, there are certain formalities and they're, they're there for the protection. And, you know, the lawyer may have said something, uh, given you the answer he gave you, because lawyers know that so-called, we call them deathbed wills, are subject to attack. Because especially someone in the hospital who may be medicated, who may have, you know, um, um, be in a weakened condition, not with setting aside the medication but these are person persons that could be susceptible to influence and they could end up being deceived into doing something other than what their 
um, normal intentions would be. So the lawyer may have shied away from that and said, I'm not going to get involved by someone calling and saying uh, my significant other well, the brother wants called. to do. The brother well, yeah. called him. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And see, now the brothers, in the absence of a will, the two brothers, again, they're going to inherit. They'll split. You and know. it doesn't seem like there's much that you can do. And I think, Laurie, if, if anything that anyone who's listening to our show and listening to the judge learns that, you know, uh, people need, because it was the wish of him probably for it to go to you guys. But if he it was, no, 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 not to me. I have my own money. Uh, it was to his nieces and nephews, yeah. the bulk of his estate. Well, and you know, uh, again, is there anything she can do. Uh, at this point, no, no really I know there's the, nothing I can do other than file a grievance against the lawyer. Well, again, just, see, you're not the client of the lawyer, so that gets to be tricky, too. And again, the lawyer had probably known maybe this is something he didn't want to get involved in because he could see problems coming. Uh, let's put it this way. Suppose your your significant other had made a will leaving everything to you. Now, again, the probate process in New York, and that's why people come to the court, uh, because the will is not really a valid will unless it goes through probate. And in that process, the two brothers would have to be notified that that will is being offered for probate. Why? Because in the absence of a will, they would inherit. So now here's a document coming into my court saying, you're cut out. They have a right to object to that will. And they might come in, and again, I'm, I'm not saying this is your case, but I'm, they're going to come in and right. say, wait a minute, our brother was sick in the hospital, dying in the hospital, and his lady friend came in and called a lawyer and all of a sudden he met and again this is how they're going to paint it believe me i've been doing this 40 years and you know it it it, it happens and in your case there's nothing uh there are no bad intentions but there are cases there are cases there's a rash of cases now where people you know the the home health aid marries a, a 90 year old man okay okay well, Laurie, we're really sorry that he did get his wish, and hopefully the best that some people learn from this, if you didn't do a will, you should uh, right away. Absolutely. Thanks, Laurie, and thanks for calling in, and have a great weekend. Thank you. I have Terry from White Plains. Hi, Terry. Yes, hello. Yes, hi, hello. Terry. Yes, can you hear me? I Yes, I can hear you. I hope we don't have this buzzing. I w- am selling my house. Nate has heard about it before I brought it to the realtor. Uh, and they seem very interested. What steps can I do to make this sale go smoothly? Okay, I, you, there's a, a crackling noise. You have your house for sale with a realtor or you're selling your house? No, I don't. No, okay. I don't. They so you're selling your house? Okay, there's a crackling. I'm not sure what. Are you on the landline, Terry, or are you on a cell phone? No, uh, no, I'm on my cell phone, and I don't know what's going on either. I apologize. Okay, so you're selling your house. The first thing you should do is call in uh, some local brokers in White Plains. You can call Douglas Elliman. You can call whoever, two or three brokers, and sit with them and get an idea of what they think the house will sell for. And by the way. Look at how much what's sold in the last three or four months and then look at what is on the market currently that's kind of close to your house because that's going to be your competition. Um, and then ask them all to submit to you a written marketing plan of what they plan to do 
to help sell your property and when they plan to do it by. And I would want that in writing. And obviously, uh, you'd have to have a good rapport with someone. But that's where I would start. Uh, just to get an idea of what your home is worth. Are you going to sell your home and move to another home? Or are you or moving in the same state? Uh, yeah, or? I'm, I'm moving. Excuse me? Yeah. But, uh, I don't know if I answered your question, but I, I'm having a hard time. We're having a break, and I'm having a hard time understanding you. Um, so we're going to take a quick break. If your question's not answered, stay on the line, and Mark will be right with you as soon as our break is over. 866-970-9622. We're here with Judge Cheever. It's I on Real Estate. Got a question? Call 866-970-9622. Here's Douglas Elements CEO, Dottie Herman. We're back. Uh, you're listening to I on Real Estate. I'm here with... Hi, Jerry. Hi, Glenda. Hi. Uh, we're here, and we have uh, the judge with us. And so this is such an important topic. Uh, we have a couple more questions. I, I, I know the judge has... Can I say that you have... In a band too. I mean, he's so he's so like well rounded. He's in a band. Just told me, and he has band practice. So, um, so we're gonna we'll have to tell everyone what it is. Uh, but in the, I have a question for Mark. Mark, are you on the line? Yes. Hello. How are you today? I'm good. I'm good. With this weather, what's going to be? I have two questions. Uh, I was just wondering, how can probate be avoided for, you know, the major elements of a property, say for a house or some property such as that? Is it just by having it, uh, you know, jointly owned or, you know, passing to somebody upon death? Well, uh, again, uh, inherent in your um, um, question, Mark, unfortunately, is a false premise that probate is a big problem <laughs> it's not really okay and I'll, I'll talk about that in a minute um uh but yes a house jointly owned for example by a husband and wife it's called tenancy by the entirety that would pass to the survivor uh, on death automatically you don't have to do anything you don't even have to go down and change a deed or anything like that if you own it um uh jointly with someone else you can also set it up like that to have a survivorship provision uh, sometimes yeah. if people want to reserve a life estate in their house, a parent, for example, and wants the house to go to the three kids, um, they can uh, sign it over and say, okay, I have the right to live here for the rest of my life, but on my death it's going to pass automatically. But let me just say the probate yeah. process in New York, I see that you're from New Jersey, but in New York, probate is relatively uh, a, a smooth procedure unless, you know, you run into some type of uncomplicated, uh, some some unseen um, complications. Um, see, probate. You can't avoid probate by just having these kinds of documents that provide automatically for assignment, right? Well, you can. There are there are ways to avoid probate completely, but again, your your the premise being that probate would be take years. It doesn't. It take in New York takes a couple of weeks really to get a will admitted to probate, unless someone starts fighting about it. But if you set your house up jointly with someone that someone else doesn't like, and they're going to 
going to fight anyway. You know what I mean? So when you discuss this with an attorney by reviewing your options, don't automatically think, though, that probate is something to be avoided at all costs. Because if you really want to avoid it at all costs, it's going to cost you. You know what I mean? Okay. Does that answer you, Mark? Because we have a lot of questions. Thanks, and have a great day. Thank you for calling I on Real Estate. Uh, Tom, thanks for your call. Uh, you're from New York, New York. How are you? Uh, I like good. I like to say this: that if someone designates uh, a bank account, let's say, to relatives, wants to leave them relatives and uh, relatives money uh, at uh, at the end, uh, does somebody still have to have a, a uh, you know a, a say so on that? You mean like a, a will admitted to probate? Well, like a will, yes. No. Do you have to have a will? No. See, huh? if, if, normally in New York, for example, you go to a bank and you uh, open up a, an account, okay? Uh, if you want to leave that in a survivorship form, you have to make sure that you tell that to the person that's opening the account for you. Look, I want this uh, to be a survivorship account. And actually, you have to fill out a card uh, that indicates that. Check the box. It says, this is a survivorship account. That means that the person that you have named as the survivor has the right on your death to walk in uh, with a death certificate and um, um, take that money out, okay? That belongs to them. Now, you got to be careful because sometimes people set up joint accounts with someone not intending that that money goes to them. For example, a parent is becoming sick, okay? They're, they can't pay their bills anymore, so they're going to put their daughter's name on the account. She'll pay the bills. She'll deposit the monies, make withdrawals. On death, the daughter may say, okay, that money's all mine. But what about her two other sisters who say, wait a minute, that was only set up for convenience purposes, okay? So, you see, there's litigation uh, in, involving these types. As a matter of fact, I have a trial that was scheduled to go this week. It's been adjourned two weeks. That is precisely on point to this, where a son, one son, had the power over his uh, mother's bank account because he was named on the account. It's unclear whether that was designed to be for survivorship purposes or convenience purposes only. So, the, the best thing that you can do to ensure that you want to carry out your wishes is that when you meet with the bank, you make sure that they have uh, the right forms to fill out. And again, in New York, you have a presumption under 675 of the banking law that if it contains that language on the signature card uh, that you open the bank, that it's a survivorship account. That presumption will help you. Okay. Thank, Thank you, you. for calling. Have a good day. Barbara, I think it's closer to the afternoon. So good afternoon, Barbara. How are you? Thanks for calling Iron Fine. How are all of you? Um, I, have, uh, I have three questions. Number one, I'm a widow. My husband died 22 years ago. Um, I'm pretty wealthy, and I have two single sons that live with me, both professionals. Um, and I have one daughter who got married 22 years ago. And since she got married, I have no relationships with her. I've not spoken to her. I've not seen her children. I've not been invited to affairs at all. Sorry. So I want to make sure that when, that when I die, my two sons get what I have and that she doesn't come in with her husband and say she's a child. She's entitled to something. How do I do that? Okay, well, this is what you do. Number one, again, and this gets back to the probate process, which, like I mentioned before to the other caller, um, the two brothers, um, if there were a will, they would have the right to, they have to be noticed. That's what the probate process 
process does, puts everyone on notice. So what does she have so, to do? So your daughter would be on notice if your will is offered for probate. So she theoretically would have the right to object to the will. She may have a right, but that doesn't mean she has a reason. And you could play a large part in not giving her a reason. Number one, you should definitely have your will done by an attorney. Do you have, wait, okay. Barbara, do you have a will? I don't because my bank accounts all read POD or in trust for okay. one of the no, sons. No, 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 okay. no, 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 no. So then let, let's, because you you could call the judge on that afterwards. The first thing you have to do is have a will. Have a will and have it done okay. by an attorney. Because you know what? An attorney will put in that will that you specifically no, make no provision for your daughter. Okay, for reasons best known to her or for whatever. In fact, if you, some people even put in, they give like a token amount. Say, I'll give you $10,000, okay, but if you contest the will, you forfeit it, okay? It, it, you know. It, I think you should get yourself a good attorney that we can, Jerry can recommend or the judge can recommend someone. You call the Bar Association. In, in yeah. wills, okay, uh, and first get that done. That's the first thing because the, the rest of it, it's definitely not going to happen if you don't have a will. <laughs> don't rely on just the bank accounts in your situation. This is important right. to you. It's Do not rely enough. on just that. That no. it just says POD or in trust no. or that's not enough. No, no. Get the will. Well, yeah, but but that doesn't cover everything. What about all your other stuff? All you right, see what but I mean? get. I think she should. Well, the other the stuff is. I have a few houses. I would like to know if I should change the title now. From me to the two boys. No, I'll say it again. If you have Contact houses, an attorney who yeah. does wills. If you have houses, it's going to. Uh, yeah. Do you have mortgages on the houses? No, um, they're paid off free and clear. Oh, they're paid off free and clear. So, uh, do you have anything in? in I the bought them. My one, my husband and I bought when we got married, and that we paid for. He was an attorney, and I was a teacher, so we paid for it. And the other house I Barbara, bought, and I, I paid. Hats off to you. you guys have accumulated a lot of things to pass on, uh, but your real estate also, uh, Jerry, yeah. my real estate friend, do you think she needs a will? Well, this is the judge, but I'm uh, I'm picking up a reluctance on her part to deal with an attorney. I hope it's not yeah. because she was married no, to no, one. No, no, no. So, Barbara, the first thing to do is get an attorney. Well, I'll tell you why I don't want to deal with an attorney. I'll be perfectly honest with you. Maybe I shouldn't say it on the radio, but I'll tell you. A don't friend of mine passed names. away, a friend of 50 years, and she had a will with three attorneys together. They videoed her. They wrote it up, and they said the cousins once removed were never never friends with her. They didn't come to her brother's funeral. In fact, they never came right, to her right. funeral. They wrote that they didn't want to have anything to do. And she said she's leaving them each $10,000. And she wrote in the will they had nothing to do with her in life. And she doesn't want them to have more than that. And if they contest it, they get nothing. Well, they did contest it. And they won and they got a lot, a lot of money. Okay, Barbara, listen, I can't speak for that. But what I can tell you... Um, and again, people can contest anything. I mean, people have the right to contest. They could anything. contest the bank accounts. Okay, so that a will doesn't stop someone from saying that will wasn't fair, or there's a reason. So you don't know the whole circumstances. But getting an attorney, whether you do it yourself or you get an attorney, people can contest it. We don't have much time, but I really would suggest either call us again next week or get an attorney to at least draw up a will for you, okay? Because that's a start. It doesn't mean they won't contest it, and maybe you should talk to your children. Uh, we don't have much time, so I would. you could call us next week.
And I'll finish it because maybe you should talk to your children and tell them your wishes while you're alive. And well, they know. I told them. And I don't think my daughter expects anything, but her husband is a real knocker, and I think he expects right. to get everything. Well, Barbara... Is that listen, a legal phrase, Kanaka? Listen, listen, Barbara, you sound like you're like a spitfire. Have a great weekend. And I, I think our time has run out. We're in about a minute, so we'll have to say goodbye. Do we, are we almost like Leza? Yeah. Are the interest rates going up? They've been reasonably stable the last few weeks. But, yes, it is expected that they will I go up by the end up. of the year. What do you think they're going to go to? I think they're going to increase by half a percent by the end of the year. So expect to be paying in the high fours for so your So if you're finding effect. something that you like now, if you don't buy something just because of the interest rates, but if you find something you like, make sure you call Citizens, call Glenda and call Citizens and get that mortgage That's right. and that house now. Best time is now. Uh, will you be here with us next week? I would love to be. We'd love to. And then you can really talk. We had a, a very active show today. Yes, very and interesting. So, Thank very you, Very interesting subject. Very, I hope everyone learned something that means get a will. Okay, make sure you have a will. I'm going they to They might contest it, but at least have it. <laughs> okay. Iron Real Estate with Dottie Herman is sponsored by Citizens Bank N.A. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.